This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 269, Client Spotlight. Now is the time to buy your future income with Nick Koo. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is not your average financial podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey there, financial revolutionaries, and welcome to this week's episode. This week, we're going to be discussing busy people. You know, some people, I feel some people are just not busy enough. Can you relate to this? You know, I mean, these these uh, bored people are just, they're doing nothing more than running a few businesses, raising kids, maintaining a full-time job, buying a house, moving across country, learning about investing in unique financial strategies, and more and more and more. <laughs> and somehow they still are so bored and not busy enough that they have time to listen to our podcast. Now, guys, that is the story with my guest and friend today, Nick Koo. Nick is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu and FIRE enthusiast. FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. He is a lifelong learner navigating life with his wonderful and beautiful family, along with a passion for helping others. And of course, personal finance, which is what we are going to be talking about together today. Nick has a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight. And in our episode, we're going to be talking about true diversification, putting your eggs, not just in multiple baskets, but across multiple trucks, just in case one of those trucks happens to go off a cliff. We're going to be talking about the trouble in the market this year. And is it possible that some of your market money might go to money heaven? And we're also going to be describing intergenerational transfers of wealth from grandparents to kids to grandkids and beyond. And finally, we're going to talk about the question, are annuities just for old people? And with that introduction, I hope you enjoyed this wide-ranging interview with one more of our amazing clients, Nick Koo. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you on. We met about a year ago. I can't believe it's already been a year, and I'm glad that we met. <laughs> I'm glad we met. Yeah, likewise. Tell us that story, man. Tell us your background, your journey, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I am a sales professional. Most of my career up until recently was in the medical devices and life sciences space. And here recently, I've jumped into tech. So still in sales. Absolutely love what I do. Looking back, it, it's been a great choice. So not only am I a sales professional by day, but also I've always just tried my hand at side hustles or businesses. And right now I'm in the restaurant business as well. What led me to ultimately working with you, Mark, was my wife, Hannah, and I decided to also try our hand at a e-commerce business through Amazon and through a mastermind group called The Legends Group. We actually heard your podcast being talked about and I started listening to it just always kind of in the back of my mind, the reason for coming up with these businesses and whatnot um, as a side gig was always just to create lasting wealth for my family. And 
ultimately just listening to your podcast again, I realized a lot of risk in terms of how I was going about investing and saving, so to speak. But yeah, after about six months of listening to your podcast, I finally decided, you know what, let me have a consult and figure out how I can get involved with the different financial vehicles that you talk about. I remember our first conversations and I remember I was just so impressed with you and Hannah and your entrepreneurial spirit, even as you're working the day job. Why do you think you did that? What was it that said, hey, you know what? I'm not busy enough. (laughs) I need to get a couple of businesses under my belt. What made you do that? What was the goal there? Yeah, I, I think it's always just been in my nature. My parents are first generation immigrants from South Korea. And I just saw everything that they sacrificed, just coming to a different country and trying to, quote unquote, make it and live the American dream. And I mean, they left behind everyone they knew, everything they've known, uh, and just came to a new country for them and so I, as well as me so I could have a better life. And, and they were small business owners, not from the beginning, but eventually they saved enough money and started opening up their own small businesses. And just having grown up in the family business, working um, and helping out, it's just something that I've always had ingrained in me in terms of just controlling my own financial destiny and passing on that wealth so their sacrifice doesn't go wasted for nothing. Thank you. Yeah, that's so true. When we first met, I remember one of the concerns you brought to me was your realization that diversification meant a lot more than what we originally thought, that you were looking for something beyond stock market, beyond your business. Talk to me about what that word diversification means to you. Yeah. So today, I I really like the description you use on your podcast about a bus falls off a cliff and it's all on the same bus. You're really not diversified. So today, to me, that means not being on the same vehicle, right? So When I look at my investments, it's spread across crypto, real estate, businesses, my 401k, IRAs, et cetera. Whereas before, probably like the general public, I thought diversification meant you got to have a certain percentage in stocks, you got to have a certain percentage in bonds based on age. And that's just so far from the truth in terms of being really diversified. So you've gone full into business ownership, and some might say that that is a risk asset for sure. I mean, most businesses don't make it, so I'll call that a risky business asset there. You've got a restaurant, you've got a floral business, and then you've got this thing called Bank on Yourself. How does the Bank on Yourself tool operate amidst these other assets you have in your portfolio? Yeah. So right now we're fairly early in our bank on yourself journey. So we're really, we're getting started just to protect our personal wealth. So obviously, you know, the debt benefit is that kind of big lump sum or the, the amount that I intend to pass on when I graduate to my children and grandchildren, if I'm lucky enough to have any. And then of course, there's the other benefits when it comes to having your own policy. Um, where recently I actually just borrowed against a couple of our policies to help out my dad. And just being able to do that is awesome. And then really, I kind of look at it as a trifecta, even though I borrowed that money against my policy or from myself, 
that money's still growing in terms of that guaranteed cash value. So it just made a lot of sense. I mean, it took a while listening to your podcast for, for me to grasp the concept, but eventually the light bulb went off. And then having businesses, especially for my wife's business, the floral business, there's some creative ways we're starting to think about where our minds are starting to open up. And we talked a little bit about this during our six-month checkup, but there's potentially ways to take out a policy that's tied to the business. Then there's potential ways to incentivize a key employee within the business. So there's just a lot of different ways that you can use these policies to your benefit. And it's truly eye-opening. We just like to have those checkup conversations. And you're right. We did have a very, I think, eye-opening conversation about that. I see you sort of like the bridge here between your dad and your kids and possible grandkids someday. Isn't that an interesting way to kind of view this tool called life insurance, a multi-generational wealth transfer tool? Yeah. One thing, Mark, that kind of just popped in my mind here is I like spreadsheets. I don't geek out over spreadsheets a lot, but I do like to put thoughts to paper. And, you know, one thing that kind of jumped in my mind here is I also opened an annuity, right? And just looking at the year-to-date performance would have been 16% loss. And yeah, that would have been a paper loss, but that's absolutely huge in terms of volatility or lack thereof in this case. And it just brings a lot of peace my mind at night and just being able to sleep. But more importantly, one of the reasons I jumped into Bank on Yourself as well as annuities, the way you design it, is just going back, thinking ahead, right, to when I'm of retirement age and there's a 2008 type of crash or, you know, what we're going through right now here in 2022, that's huge because Mm -hmm. my portfolio or 401k at the time I'm at the mercy of market timing and that's totally out of my control. So just being able to protect that big nest egg that I've built and just having it very predictable plays into being able to pass on that wealth to my son and potentially grandchildren. Because if market volatility wipes a good portion of your wealth out, you may not be left with anything at the end of the day to pass on. So just kind of to bring that Mm -hmm. full circle in terms of starting now, it was really important to us so we can meet that end goal, which is to pass on that generational wealth. Well, absolutely. Yeah, you're so right. And I'm glad you brought up the annuity. Um, One of the concerns you brought up along with that diversification comment early in our conversations last year was that timing when you retire can make a fundamental difference to how long your money lasts in retirement. We didn't know it at the time, but you were very fortuitous here in your timing because not long after the annuity was started, the world started to unravel and now the markets are down tremendously as we're recording this in late summer 2022. We've had a terrible start and really now most of the year, the markets have been in the red. And you're right, you would have lost a lot of your money to just money heaven. When uh, when the annuity locked in though, you protected that money and it hasn't lost a penny. In fact, as you mentioned, you may have lost 16% if you had left it in the market, but this particular annuity came with it an income bonus that meant you would have needed about a 40% yield just to break even with what the annuity has given you so far this year. That's right. 
that's unbelievable. Yeah. When Hannah and I think about retirement, we always thought about, okay, what, what do we need to live comfortably in our golden years? And then our plan was always to leave money back for our son. Again, our eyes were open to the fact that when you really factor in that that 68% are averages, the market doesn't follow that. For us, we look at the annuity as that income generator. So that's something that Hannah and I can enjoy into our golden years and just really enjoy life and have fun. And then our life insurance, our whole life uh, bank on yourself policies, that's when we pass on or graduate, that's the lump sum that we're going to leave behind to our son. We get the best of both worlds in terms of what we wanted to accomplish with generating wealth. The way we segmented out with your guidance, Mark, like just having that income vehicle and then also having the big lump sum, as I call it, vehicle, it's perfect. It's exactly what we want to accomplish. The wonderful thing you just said is you've got this life insurance there for the kids and grandkids and beyond. And you also want to enjoy life. I heard you say you want to enjoy life. And I think life is to be enjoyed and have fun, right? So the annuity exactly. there is is the most efficient income generator I can find. It's so efficient at generating an income. And I'll just, I, I won't reveal your age or anything here, Nick, but you're not an old man. We're about the same age, I no. suppose. So why did yeah. you get an annuity? Aren't annuities for old people? I was in that definite cohort of individuals that thought that. Um, I actually didn't even know what an annuity was at the end of the day, but just having consulted with you in terms of what are our life goals, what are our financial goals related to those life goals, you put that on the table for us to consider. And it just made a lot of sense. You have your, mm -hmm. your income vehicle, and then you have your pass on wealth vehicle via the whole life policy. And then you get to have lots of fun with everything from stock brokerage accounts and crypto and real estate and business investments, uh, restaurants and flower shops. And, you know, I, I just see you putting eggs in lots of different baskets on lots of different buses. So good on you for that, man. That's great. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give someone who's just starting out, just starting out in life or just figuring out their relationship with money? What would you tell them? What advice would you want them to know? So definitely take advantage of the resources around you. And what I mean by that is just the day and age that we live in, the information that you have access to for free is unbelievable. Whether it's, you know, on, on YouTube, listening to podcasts like this one, just, you know, doing your own research. Like you, none of us have an excuse in terms of not being able to increase our financial literacy. And I would say do just that. Obviously, take advantage of if you're lucky enough to have an employer that matches your 401k contributions up to a certain amount, like definitely take advantage of those things just as basics. And as you kind of progress through your career or, you know, if you have a business and you see earnings starting to increase, don't remain stagnant. Continue to learn and take it upon yourself and take responsibility. I think I listened to this podcast as well as some other financial oriented podcasts for six months before I decided to have a consult with you, Mark, around the different financial strategies. I live that example of educate yourself and take action. You certainly have. And well done for you, man. That's awesome. I think about the totally weird things that you've decided to do financially, the weird contrarian purchasing of an annuity in your younger years 
a lot of folks say, well, annuities are for old people. Well, the honest truth is the younger you are, the cheaper you can buy your income. And that's what you exactly. do when you buy an annuity. The earlier you are in age, when you buy an annuity, the cheaper your income is when you purchase it. So when do you want to start buying your, your future income? For me, it's as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Yeah, as soon exactly. as possible. I mean, it's just like life insurance, but in reverse, you know, the younger you are when you buy life insurance, the cheaper it is, of course, but it's, it's an annuity is an income stream rather than a death benefit, but you're not just looking at that death benefit on your life insurance. You're going to use it and you already have. So one, you've already mentioned that you've helped out your family some, which is awesome. Helped out the family with your bank on yourself policy. How do you intend to use your policy in the months and years to come? Yeah, I'm not completely out of the stock market. I've also diversified into cryptocurrencies. There's tremendous buying opportunity when there's a lot of fear in the market. And I would say at the time of this recording, there's a lot of fear in the market and probably more to come. I could be wrong there. But mm -hmm. my point is, I think there's going to be some tremendous opportunities to buy stocks and mutual funds and crypto on the cheap. So I, I definitely plan to take advantage of those opportunities. And what what is the value of using your policy to make those investments? Obviously, there's nothing guaranteed on investments or crypto, but why would you use your policy to make those investments? Yeah, it's kind of a hedge. You take out a loan and you decide, you know what, it's, it's worth the risk or the opportunity cost to use my funds here. But at the same time, your cash value keeps growing. So you're really getting the benefit of making your dollar work twice for you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You get an, an incredible stop loss if the market tanks and you, and we're not, people say buy the dip. Well, what if it keeps dipping? <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but oh, at least you have the stop loss. Note, mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say on that note, in terms of what if the market keeps tanking, well, guess what? You're your own bank. So when you right. take out that loan, you don't have to pay it back right away. You can pay it back whenever you want. That's actually. right. That's um, right. Wait, wait a year if you have terms. to. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Can't, couldn't have said it better myself there, man. That's great. So, But on the other side of the coin, if the market does rebound, you pick a good couple of winners there on either crypto or stocks, whatever. Not only do you get the yield from the market asset or the crypto or whatever, but your policy itself continues to compound and earn and that thereby increasing your yield and your arbitrage there. Is that a fair summary of what your intention is? Yep, absolutely. Super smart, super not your average financial planning right there. So well done, my friend. Well done. What is one thing people don't realize about what you've done here? Not just the bank on yourself, not just the annuity, but including those things. What is it that you feel like most people wouldn't get until you explained it to them about your financial philosophy? I don't think... What I'm doing necessarily is extraordinary. I don't think anything I've done necessarily is impressive, but perhaps just other listeners listening to my story, it'll impress upon them that so cliche that I'm about to say this, but if I can do it, you can too. That's it. Yeah, that's right. You know, I think when we hear the stories of others, it helps us kind of paint that picture in our own mind of what we could possibly do to just improve a little bit. So thank you for sharing everything, Nick. Before we wrap up, man, got to ask you, let's say we took away all the money, all the assets, all the businesses, everything that you've been able to do thus far, and you could only leave your son one habit or routine or principle 
what would it be to to ensure his happiness, his success? Yeah, always understand your why. And if you understand your why, I think everything falling into place is that much easier and more intuitive. Mm. And I'll get to ask an extra credit question then. How do you find your why? And how do you understand it? Yeah, I think it's a lot of this thinking and introspection of your yourself, your significant other. If you have one, obviously, if you have kids, you know, you really have to. And, and it's not just something you come up with on your own, right? Assuming that that you're married or you're engaged or whatnot. I think it's a joint vision that, you know, you, you talk about frequently and, you know, you think about what you want to get out of life. And if, if you're religious, then for sure, that plays a big factor into it as well. Awesome, man. Well, I think thinking is definitely not your average way to live. <laughs> Very few people think, unfortunately, but thank you for thinking. And thank you for sharing some of your thoughts with us today. I think it's going to bring some enlightenment to others. And it'll only change a person's life if they implement what they're hearing and thinking about and wanting to do. You you and I both are thinkers. And it took me a good half year before I implemented Bank on Yourself after first hearing about it. Uh, and you mentioned that you listened to our show for a good six months. I bet you someone listening to this episode is into month six already. And uh, so I encourage them to reach out like you did, man. So final thoughts before we wrap up. Don't give up. And just keep thinking about why you're doing certain things in life. Um, and in this case, around your finances, like figure out like why, why is it that you're driven to pass on wealth or generate income into your golden years? Awesome, Nick. Nick, I appreciate you. I appreciate our friendship, our partnership. Thank you for your time today. And thanks for sharing with other people what you've learned along the journey. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Mark. Well, thank you again, Nick, for coming on the show and taking your time to spend with me and to share with others what you've learned, what you've experienced when it comes to financial freedom and true diversification. Guys, realize what Nick said. Sometimes diversification does not mean what you think it means. And sometimes you think you might be diversified when actually you're not. You know, one of my favorite episode titles was from episode 65. The title is diversification. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. And if you know the reference to that quote, give me a shout and I'll know you're listening here. True diversification is more than just a bunch of mutual funds spread across growth stock or tech stock or, or even value stock or dividend paying stock. No, you have to have real diversification spread across multiple different asset classes. We talked about how his diversification goes from business ownership to crypto, to stocks, to whole life insurance, to annuities and beyond. We brought up the fact that particularly his annuity in the fall of 2021 was purchased. He had moved money out of the market right into this boring old fixed indexed annuity right at the market's peak, right when everyone was piling on to tech stock. But Nick was willing to think long range and saw that there might someday be a correction coming. And he knew when to hop out and to put some of his money, some of his chips, take some of them off the table, and put them into something that could never go down ever again, which is why he chose, in this case, a fixed index annuity. I hear a lot of people ask, Mark, well, aren't annuities just for old people? Isn't that something you'd get after you've had your fun in the markets? There's a 
a good case to be made that the younger you are when you purchase your annuity, the cheaper it is for your future income to be bought. So if you want a bigger, more passive income, the younger you are when you purchase, the more income today's money will buy you. And by the way, when you purchase a fixed index annuity, not only are you buying a future passive income, but you're also protecting your money from more market abuse. As we've mentioned in previous episodes on fixed index annuities, there is no downside when the market goes down, you do not participate in the market's downturn. But when the market or the index is positive, you get to participate on the upside of the market or that index that you're watching from the safety of your annuity. So that is an additional benefit above and beyond the fact that you can purchase an annuity income stream in today's dollars, which I just think is remarkable. Put some of these ideas that Nick's brought up to heart, lean on his wisdom, and be sure to think long range and purchase that future income now while it's on the cheap. And thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your income, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.